Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Flyerside Chats, brought to you by Flyer Enterprises. This is the second episode of Flyerside Chats. Last week, we had Catherine Mix and Mike Kaiser, the founders of The Blend, on. My name is Sam McKenzie, the Vice President of Operations, and this time we're joined here with our Chief Information Officer, Ryan Sendall, and of course, our CEO, Carolyn Haney. So as we mentioned, we had the founders of The Blend last week, and in congruence with our celebration of the 20th anniversary of Flyer Enterprises, we have yet another great guest for you guys today, the founder of the IT division, Jordan Barth, from back in 2008. So Jordan, thank you so much, and we want to welcome you to the podcast. Happy to be here. So Jordan, I guess we'll just start it off. Um, if you want to tell us a little bit about your time at UD, what was your major, where you lived, um, things like that when you graduated? Absolutely. So I started at UD as a freshman in 2005. Um, I was a management information systems major with an ops uh, minor and an attempt at a French minor, which didn't really work, but that was my plan when I started off. Um, and I graduated in 2009. So I was one of the, I think one of the inaugural classes that lived at Marianist when that opened um, and got to also see the Recplex open, which was pretty amazing when, um, when that opened up, um, which I think it was my freshman year that it did. And then uh, after that, I lived in VWK, Stewart Gardens due to a um, bad lottery number my junior year, and then uh, College Park my senior year. Um, so yeah, I, I graduated in 09. Um, campus looked a lot different than what it does now this week when I was there visiting you guys and uh, in the MIS classes. And it's, it's amazing how it's transformed. Definitely. So um, just kind of kicking this off too. So was there any sort of project or problem that inspired you to create what became of the IT division? Yeah. So I had originally started working at Art Street Cafe, which was the first division that I worked at. And I started at the end of my freshman year, beginning of sophomore year as the director of merchandising. And one of the issues that I think all the divisions had, um, especially Art Street and the Blend and Blend Express was trying to understand more about our financials on a real-time basis so that we could make better decisions about the products that we had, um, about the staffing that we needed at certain hours. And typically our data always came, you know, some of it on a weekly basis, but a lot of it only after the month close and really halfway into the next month. So there was always this lag points there. And um, I was DM over at Art Street for a while, and then I became president of Art Street Cafe um, eventually. And that just became more apparent that we needed a way to have faster uh, reporting of our financial data. So um, at the time, Tony Blankmeyer was CEO, and him and I had talked about this a lot. And we said, you know, hey, we really need a few folks that are focused on using IT to enable our business operations and our processes and data-driven decision-making. And why don't, why don't we put a proposal together and make an actual IT division? Now, we had an IT manager at that time, which was in charge of a lot of our updates to the point of sales systems, but we never looked at IT really strategically, which was really the, the change that we wanted to bring about with creating the IT division. It's interesting to see we still have all of those needs today but you clearly spent a lot of time at Art Street Cafe 
and we happened to hear about a particular incident that happened while you were at Art Street Cafe. Would you like to tell us what that was all about? Yeah, that's it's it's uh, it should probably be urban legend by this point. But um, so in director of merchandising role, which I'm going to fully admit I wasn't particularly great at, um, we needed to order the materials and the the food product and everything that we needed for the cafe. Um, and one of those items was gloves. So you know you need to wear gloves when you're preparing the sandwiches. And I think I was just maybe a couple weeks on the job and I was still learning the ordering system and I needed to order gloves. So I went into the system and I'm like, well, you know, I think, you know, 10, 10 boxes of gloves sounds about right because um, we need you know, sufficient to get through the next two weeks until our next delivery. So I went in the system, I ordered 10 boxes of gloves. And then the next week when the delivery came in, there was all these gigantic boxes that were being delivered. And someone called me uh, on my phone and was like, Jordan, you need to get to the cafe. Something's wrong with the delivery. And I get in and the entire back of the cafe is just full of these gigantic boxes of gloves. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what, what just happened? Like I only ordered 10 boxes of gloves. And I looked at the invoice and it turns out that every box of gloves has something like 10 boxes of gloves inside of the box. And I just wasn't paying attention to how many units were in that that box. And so in the end, I think we wound up with something like 20,000 gloves that lasted us for like six months because we had so many gloves. It was actually kind of hard to find some place to put it. And I think it became known as the glove fiasco from there on. So um, I never made that mistake again, uh, obviously paying attention to the unit that I'm ordering, but it was looking back on it, it was pretty hilarious. At the time I was, I was pretty terrified uh, that I had done such a stupid mistake. <laughs> Hey, that's just being extra prepared for the next six months. No that's shame. Right. That's right. You know, in this day and age, it'd be considered a benefit, I think. Exactly. Exactly. I can't imagine fitting nearly that many gloves in that small space. I don't even know what we did with them. I can't remember, but I'm sure we probably stashed them like at the Blood and Blood Express, something like that. We had enough <laughs> gloves to probably supply all of that heat for like, you know, so long. Well, so aside from maybe one of your more embarrassing moments, what would you say is one of your favorite memories from your time at Epi? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to choose from. I mean, what I really liked and a lot of things that I remember is a lot of the social time that we had together as the divisions. What was great is all the divisions had their own culture and you became friends with the people that you were working with because you spent so much time together. Um, so that's certainly one of the, the really good memories. Um, I remember that one of the things that um, wasn't super successful yet, but we started taking it to the next level was our um, Thursday Night Live events at Art Street Cafe, which was to give a chance for people to come together around something, usually something art related. And I worked with a friend of mine who was a graphic designer and also did music. And we said, okay, um, let's create this events coordinator role so we can have someone focused on uh, being able to get people together to do these, these live events. Um, so we got together, we, we got uh, Alex on board and we started 
started being a bit more proactive about finding people who are into music in the in the UD community, myself being one of them, I play guitar and sing. And so I just signed myself up with Alex for like the first couple of nights just to get this thing going on a more regular basis. Um, and then we started getting an interest. Um, one of the really fun things was around Christmas time. So me and Alex learned how to play a whole bunch of Christmas songs on guitar and sing them. And then we'd come into the cafe and do a bunch of Christmas music um, for the holiday season. So that was really fun. And, and we wound up picking up momentum and turned the cafe into you know, pretty busy on Thursday nights where people want to come and have coffee and hang out and listen to music with their friends. And I saw when I was in the cafe this past week, it looks like that's continued with the platform and it's even gone further than I imagined it would. So that's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I know definitely like Thursday Night Live is really what um, brought myself up when I had the Thursday night shift, which is not necessarily the most uh, sexy of the shifts that you can have. But that's awesome that you're a part of starting that up. And Jordan, through COVID, Art Street was hit pretty hard with kind of how we were reacting to COVID on campus. And we were forced to shut down from about March 2020 until this past fall. So it was it was shut down for about a year and a half. So coming back with Thursday Night Live from that, I think has really helped the cafe to kind of gain that culture back and get those people interested and have more people, more foot traffic coming in on Thursday nights. So definitely something that we still appreciate today. So it's nice to see that live on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Art Street Cafe is always, I think it's always had a special place in my heart. So it's one of the, uh, along with the IT division, I'm still super proud of Art Street Cafe and what it is. And I think it's always um, been a little bit searching for its soul, if I could say. It's it's in a interesting location. It's not like in the the main location where all the restaurants are. So it needs to do its own marketing to get students to come by and to have some foot traffic passing by. Um, and it's always been pretty innovative with trying different things, um, whatever necessary to try to continue to bring people in. Um, and that's cool. And I think it'll continue to probably try to find its soul over the years. And um, even, you know, lasting through COVID, I'm sure was really difficult. So glad to see it back open again. And I went there this week and had a Da Vinci salad for old time's sake. Yeah, our street is definitely quite the enigma, I would say. Looking more towards the IT division, what were some of the first projects you and your team worked on? So the very first thing that we wanted to do was to try to bring more real-time financial reporting. So since because I had a bit of a programming background, what we decided to do from the get-go was to understand the type of financials that the divisions might want to see on a more regular basis, and then find a way that we can bring that data together and then report that data. At the time, there was a new company that had just started like, I want to say six months before uh, they had this really innovative new product called Tableau, which of course is now very famous, but at the time in 2000, um, 2008, 2009, they weren't that famous yet. They were definitely an underdog in the market. And uh, I contacted them and said, hey, I know you're a new product. We would love as students to use your product for our student run business. And oh, by the way, like, you can use our logo on your website if you want and talk about how we use it for our student-run business. And they love the idea. So what we did is we took Tableau and then we created a small data mart, which was a place where we could bring our data from the different divisions into a database um, and bring it together to start reporting some key financials on a more regular basis. And that was pretty successful. And I think it, it gave us 
um, the precursors to what we really wanted to accomplish, which was looking at how we could do data warehousing and bring data together and store for a long period of time across our divisions and be able to report them again on a more real-time basis versus just using the accounting system after the numbers close. So that was our first challenge and it was challenging. Um, the databases we had to work with were different. Um, we had to find a place to essentially bring it all together. And of course, you know, we were just still learning about this as MIS majors in our business intelligence classes, which um, a couple of us had as our concentration. So that was our first real big project was trying to make more sense of our financials on a real-time basis for the division presidents. Yeah, and I know we talked the other day kind of how Tableau continued to grow with FE, I think, through the current days. I guess we've kind of phased it out a little bit, like I mentioned, but um, that's definitely been a significant part of the IT division. And really cool that, you know, that initial story of how you just kind of reached out to them and they were like, definitely, like, you guys can totally use this. So that was really cool. And I think how you mentioned with the, um, you know, learning stuff in your MIS classes and applying it um, as you were working for FE has really been, you know, kind of a focal point of how we work in Flyer Enterprises. Absolutely. And I think it one of the key things that I wish I could have even done more of and what I think is really powerful for um, a company like AFI is those partnerships with the private sector because a lot of companies are really happy to let students use their technology for free, um, especially a student-run business that you can be able to see some of the things and capabilities of their technology and their software and their services at sort of a micro scale that other companies can say, well, hey, like I, I get it. Like these, these processes aren't as complicated as like an enterprise-wide company process, but it you can still see it at a smaller scale and see how it works. And that was a good story for Tableau. Um, and maybe it'll be the story in the future with other things that FE wants to use. Um, and develop as, as private, you know, partnerships uh, between the uh, FE University and other companies. It's maybe a good opportunity. Yeah, I definitely think that's something we can look into. I think specifically on our app development side with our Flyer Enterprises web application, I think there's some opportunity there to kind of reach out to some other companies and see what's available out there for us to kind of advance ourselves in our application. Absolutely. So Jordan, after some of these initial steps that you all took to create this division, how did you see the division go grow through the rest of your time at UD? Well, what was great is we actually started hiring some. So we added a couple team members because we realized that we have a lot of work to do. Um, we had a lot of operational work that needed to be done, like updating the point of sale systems with new buttons. Um, we had the FE website that we wanted to do more with and maintain more often. Um, we also would help some of the divisions with, uh, at the time we used this, um, I think it was called Cartweaver. We used the bookstore's online web ordering system and we needed to um, help Flyer Spirit at the time, which was still a division and, and doing their updates. And, and so we, we really spent a lot of time trying to meet with the divisions and understand what types of IT could help their division for their specific uh, needs. Um, for Art Street, it was mobile ordering, which admittedly we never figured out how to actually do in an effective way because it's really hard, especially in 2007, 8, 9, when maybe there was a lot less technology to facilitate doing that. And the university 
um, was, you know, probably less open to try to do online ordering as it was kind of a new thing at the time. So it was the, you know, meeting with divisions, meeting with um, team members and trying to understand what types of things would be beneficial and then setting up projects around it. Um, so we wound up growing by a couple people pretty quickly uh, so that we could accomplish more and, and make more plans and, and help people more. And now when I look to see how it's grown, it's just still unbelievable that there's, it's such a um, big division and so many different projects going on. I, I think it's just really amazing. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how that's all come full circle with um, the mobile ordering that I mentioned the other day. Um, that's definitely gonna be quite the challenge for us, us, but something we're really excited to implement. And just funny that it was at Art Street Cafe is the kind of division that we're focusing on. We're really excited about that. And I think it's going to be probably just as much of a challenge as it was in 2007, 2008, 2009. Um, a lot of work to be done, but that's a really exciting development on our side. And it's hopefully going to kind of, you know, give Art Street Cafe some roots and um, hopefully bring in some more customers, like we kind of mentioned was an issue before. Yeah. And again, you know, kind of going back to Art Street Cafe um, and also why it's great having the IT division as a really incubator for trying different things. Like Archery Cafe is just the prime place to try all these things at online ordering and different kinds of marketing. And because it is a full service cafe and it's um, really independently managed, there's just so many different things to try out there um, and makes it a really good testing ground. So I'm really excited to see how everything goes with the online ordering and how you're able to um, make that happen and, and hopefully drive more business over at Art Street. So I think that'll be really exciting. Absolutely. So looking back at projects that you worked on and the things that you were able to do with the IT division, would you say that there's one moment that was the most exciting and the most memorable for you? Yeah, I think what was really exciting is when we finally managed to get all our data together and be able to start reporting dashboards to the divisions. And I think it was probably also one of the biggest learning moments as well. So in 2008, 2009, uh, I was in my capstone project for MIS and this little thing happened called the Great Recession and Financial Crisis of 2008. And that, um, that really changed everything. So in the fall, I was planning to do a senior project with uh, a company in, in the Dayton area. We were going to do some data analytics work and um, had this whole thing planned out with a, a couple of um, you know, my, my close friends that were in my project as well for MIS. And then in December, I got a phone call from the company saying, hey, Jordan, you need to come over to the office real quick because there's an all company meeting. And, and by the way, I had interned at this company and had a job offer there in the summer. So I went over to the office real quick and they got everyone together and they said, hey, if you're still in this room, you still have a job. But today we had to let go about 50% of the company uh, because wow. of the crisis. So um, the our project sponsor who was there, he said, look, I survived the cut, but there's no way we can do your, your project anymore because we just laid off that entire part of the company that works on the type of um, project that you were going to support us with. So I said, sorry, you have to find a new senior project. And this is like in December. 
So we're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Um, and so we said, okay, how about we do a project for Flyer Enterprises and we start working on that data warehouse that we said we really wanted to do I and mean, we make it part of our class project. So we gave the pitch to the MIS uh, professors and they said, sure, um, you know, go for it. We already had some of the plans done, so we knew what we wanted to do. We just didn't quite have the time to be able to do it. And that gave us the chance to start building that out. So we start writing all of the, the um, kind of workflows to bring the data from the different databases. We made it a SQL Server database that we could bring all the data together on. And then we started designing the visualizations and the data reporting with Tableau. And I learned a few things, especially now in retrospect and looking back at it. Um, one, data warehouses are really hard. Um, <laughs> I got really smart on it and like learned a ton from it and we made it work. Um, but because it was so complicated, it also made it really difficult to maintain. Um, so when we were there and after we built it, we realized that, okay, I've, I've got to train up the next person to be able to maintain this after I graduate, which I did. Um, but it was very difficult because they, from what I heard, even rewrote it afterwards because they needed to do it in a way that they understood how it was done and even improve on the things that I knew about because they got smarter and better at it than I was. So they rewrote it. And then I know through the years and from talking, just it was really difficult to sustain. And even though it wasn't successful, it doesn't exist today, that data warehouse as it did before, I think it's a really valuable lesson around everything in IT life cycles. Like you can't just develop a product, but it's gotta be an IT product that actually you can support, you can maintain, um, and you can keep going over time and that people will be able to manage. And in an organization like FE, it's really important that that barrier to entry isn't too high, that it's something that people can come in, can learn quickly, can take it and make better over time. And so that was really, uh, I think, the um, very proud moment when we got that up and going and we got the visualizations and the dashboard and you could know at you know, any day, open up your dashboard and find out you know, what, what things look like and how much sales you had. Um, that was really cool and really proud moments, but it was also an amazing learning experience to realize that you can have a really great idea, make it work and still not make it work, right? Because it it's more than just having something that's nice and flashy. You've got to have something that you can keep running, that you can train people on, that you can maintain and also know when the sunset. So when I look to the future now, I think what's great is the technology that's around now is... Uh, we have a lot of like software as a service. We have, you know, cloud capabilities now. There's just a lot more options to use for business intelligence and data reporting than, you know, just building a data warehouse yourself. That's not necessary anymore. There's other ways to do it as you guys have been exploring. So um, I think that's great. So it's, it's great when something succeeds. It's also great to learn from something that doesn't succeed long-term and that's okay mm -hmm. too. Um, and I'm still really proud of that learning opportunity we all had. Oh yeah, I think that's awesome. I think those, those first steps are definitely outside of my mental capabilities as well. It's always great when you can turn your schoolwork into FE work somehow. It makes it seem like a little bit less of homework and more fun. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the thing about about FE is this whole this whole project, this whole business is about being able to experiment, to try and to learn while doing things. And we can learn through our failures as well. 
And whether it's buying 10,000 gloves that you don't need, whether it's, you know, making a complicated IT system that's not easy to maintain, um, it's that that's kind of the point of all this. And FE and its character has been that since the beginning, you know, with the original division being Rudy's flyby, which while I was there, we had to close down because it just didn't make money and it just wasn't working. Um, that's that's part of the experience that you get in FE that I think is so amazing. So I'm, I'm glad to have had that as well in the IT division. Absolutely. So you've had quite an impact on FE through artistry, through IT. What do you think have been some of the most significant significant benefits that you attribute to being part of FE? Well, I know when I started in the workplace when I got my first job and my second and even my third job and um, and where I am today, I got to use that experience of um, even the, the the people management aspects, like the HR aspects of when you need to hire people, when you need to fire people, the aspects of like how to organize yourself and motivate a team um, and keep people engaged and contributing. Um, all of those things are like really important, even when you're starting your career, because when you come out of FE, you have a lot more experience than everybody else. Um, everyone else is just learning how to show up for work on time. And you've already been doing that for three, four years. You already know like how to give a presentation, how to run a concise meeting, how to have difficult conversations with people who aren't performing. Uh, that's a lot of what your work life is and professional work experience when you get out of university. And just having that in your back pocket is phenomenal. It, it's also a great story. I still talk about my FE experience to my colleagues today. Um, when we think about university hiring, I always tell people, well, we need to find people who are part of a student-run business because that's the type of experience that makes them uh, so much more prepared, so much more well-rounded for especially consulting work like I do today. So that experiential learning, which it was a buzzword when I was there, probably still is today, of how we talk about FE is just bar none one of the best experiences, if not the best experience I had at UD. And, and frankly, why, even though UD was difficult for me to financially support um, from my background going there, I still stayed all four years there. And that was primarily because of the uh, experience I could have with Flyer Enterprises and the quality of the MIS program. I know we would all vouch that UD and the experiential learning that they offer is pretty much unmatched. And we just joined part of the Student Run Business Association, which is a group of student run businesses across the United States. It's made up of about 14 schools right now. Um, a lot of them are Ivy Leagues. So it's obviously exciting that UD is considered a part of that now. So we're able to learn a lot from them as well as meet other people that are like-minded and motivated like we are. That's amazing. And those rivalries, by the way, with Princeton and Stanford and others have gone on for a while. I remember when I was there, we'd always go check their annual reports every year and say, okay, what are they doing and how did it work? And we had some friendly um, meetings and conversations with them over the years. And um, it, it's great to hear that it's back up and going and, and maybe even doing more now. And I would say, again, the benefit now is it's maybe easier to connect with people. There's just people are more used to doing so and there's more platforms to do so. You know, Facebook came out at UD in 2005 when I was a freshman. So it's not like you could find everybody on there anymore. Uh, and now there's just so many more ways to connect socially with people. So that's amazing that 
you know, that opportunity. COVID definitely kind of escalated everything for us in terms of people knowing how to use Zoom and conducting virtual meetings. So it's really easy to connect with people now, I would say. So as we asked our guests last week, we have one final question for you. Uh, so since Effie is trying to grow constantly, if you could create one Effie division with no limitations, what would it be? That's a tough one. You know, I I look through all the things that Effie has tried, and I think it's awesome. There's some things recently that I never even thought about trying that the, the team went and like worked at and made successful. So I don't know if I would have a new division to try, but, uh, and this is a little bit biased just because of the type of work I do, um, but there's probably uh, a role there to think about things like cybersecurity. So of course I'm IT minded and I work in cybersecurity and we were thinking about it when I was there because you know we processed credit card data and we had student information and that you know we needed to protect that um, but in my work in cybersecurity today and we see like how big the threats are um, as well as the opportunities of how much more things you can do like online web ordering um, when you have secure systems that might be an opportunity to one, provide more experiential learning for folks who want to go into that realm and, and work on protecting systems from cybersecurity threats, but two, also just open up avenues that maybe you haven't even thought of before, um, whether that's online ordering or connecting through technology platforms to students slash potential customers or uh, providing um, uh, areas for people to communicate and work together. I know, um, you know, in 2005, 2006, one of my big ideas, because I saw Facebook come out and I say, oh man, they're going to get rich. So I want my own idea. So <laughs> me and my roommates had played around with the idea of creating a, a exchange websites where you could go and you could trade and sell your used books. You know, Amazon was around, but it, it was, it was a little bit more complicated to use and, and, you know, you have to go to the post office or UPS and like go ship your stuff and pay money to do it. And you have to set up a seller account and there's so much involved in it. So we thought, Hey, what if we, you know, set up a, a online kind of book exchange at UD and like program this website to do all this stuff. I worked on it as a side project for a while, never went anywhere, but part of it was that we were, couldn't figure out like, how could you make this secure? Right. How can you, you know, keep this information and trade it and like not get hacked. Um, and now today, that's such a, a important aspect of anything you do digitally, mm -hmm. that that could be a way to uh, be able to open up more avenues for things in the future by uh, putting some focus on the digital security aspects of type of work we do. Oh, yeah. And like you say, I mean, that's just going to be constantly um, an issue that's got to be addressed and improved upon in every single company or organization or whatever. So with that's that, right. Jordan... I want to thank you so much once again for joining us on Flyerside Chats, the second episode, and helping us celebrate 20th anniversary of FE. And thanks again for sharing all your stories and experiences of your time with FE. And thank you, everybody, for listening in. All right. Thank you. Take care, everyone. Cheers.